0: Tough, tough to listen to.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were times there where I was sort of looking elsewhere. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah it, it, it it's sort of hard to hear really again. So yeah, it's you know it, it, it's been it's been a a uh, long, long journey to be fair, so yeah, you know, just just little yeah. steps. Yeah.
2: Hello.
0: Hello. Hi, Helen. Nice to meet you. Nice to yeah, meet you. Yeah. How are things?
2: Great. Living the dream, locked in the house. It's all good fun.
0: Yeah, yeah well, it's as fun as it can be, isn't it? So yeah. are you, are you, can you see, hear each other then, considering you're in the same house right now?
2: Can I see him at the minute? Can you hear him? Um, No, he's upstairs.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, it would be an interesting one yeah. if you were just next to each other, just Zoom yeah. calling from there. Uh, from on. literally across the room.
2: Yeah, no, he's not. Thought about better stay away.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Fair so for um, for our podcast and our listeners, then what's what's your relation to Dan? Obviously, Dan has already introduced you as uh, his mother. But yes. um, how would you like to put your relationship with Dan?
2: <laughs> hey, he's my son. <laughs>
1: Brilliant. He's my first like oh, that, that was quick. <laughs>
2: yeah no i didn't have to think about that one it definitely is my son yeah my, my first born bless him
0: okay oh, bless. Oh. yeah that's cute and what was he like as a kid growing up then how was um how how was he through school um through childhood etc
2: okay so this isn't a time for me to embarrass him is it
0: no <laughs> like, you want, yeah. mine. <laughs> i'm sure people so, wouldn't mind
2: so he was he was really no trouble he was um he was he was very close to me as a, a little lad. He was a yeah. bit of a mum's boy. Wow. I was very loving. He was always he's always been extremely sensitive, okay. so he'd be affected by stuff quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, through school, he was never any problems. He, he got on really well at school, but worried about everything. Yeah. So um, he used to get stressed, especially with exams. He just couldn't. Deal with the exams, but he, he, he used
0: to find that really difficult, bless him. Yeah, but um, do you think it was that anxiety to start with? And he was just an anxious, anxious kid around those things.
2: Yeah, I just thought he, yeah, I think he, I think he had a massive, I mean, every no one likes to fail, do they? But yeah, I think awesome. Dan had an extreme to that. I think he was so afraid of failure that right. um, it, it, it consumed him. Hmm. Um, but I mean, having said that, he didn't ever need to worry about that because you know he just didn't he, was, he just did really well, but it was the exams that he used to yeah. massively panic about.
0: Yeah, he'd look at the wrong side of the um, like wrong side of the story and look at the negatives rather than the positives. is that right? Yes,
2: hugely. and then after an exam, so he'd do an exam and then instead of letting it go, he would then analyze everything he'd done. And be like, Oh, I didn't do this right, I didn't and I said, Dan, just leave you know, just leave it. There's nothing to do about it, focus on the next one. But he was so
1: he yeah. just
2: thought about everything that had happened. And I think yeah. it does that a lot with stuff. Instead yeah. of like letting things go and looking forward, he'd look at the past and get something himself that's out in. of
0: his control is what he'd look at.
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Something that you can't do anything about. You can't do anything about something that's happened, can you? You can only do something about what's what's next
0: yeah i mean there's there is nothing you, you can do you have to look forward and look at what you can control really isn't it yeah so,
2: yeah and
0: did you did you kind of notice that it was kind of a mental health issue or did you kind of um think it was normal how did you sort of react as, from a mother's point of view to him this- reacting like that
2: Um, When he was younger, I didn't think it was a mental health issue at all. I just thought he was um, extra sensitive, just um, a very sensitive child, Mm. possibly through, um, obviously, because me and his dad split up and different things. Maybe that was a a factor in it. It was only um, sort of later on last year, maybe come October time, that I really started to think something's not, not right here. Because you okay. you give him, I try and give him strategies um, of how to deal with things. Yeah. And he just didn't seem able to process those.
0: Yeah.
2: And I'd go through the normal thing like, well, maybe you should speak to so and so, maybe you should get help. But they just, and he kept saying, I can't do that, I can't do that. And I, to be honest, I used to be, I didn't tell him I was frustrated. Dan, I'm telling you, I was frustrated at the time. <laughs> I was a little bit frustrated because I was like, "You've got to help yourself." But yeah. now I know, from talking to um, various uh, psychologists along the way, that he just wasn't in a place to to mm. process any of that. To
0: process any of that stuff. Yeah, interesting. Mm. So you say you bring it back to sort of last October. Did you say it was when you started kind of noticing these things? Yeah. yeah. Um, I knew so- things
2: were. I knew well. I knew things was, weren't right. He used to get angry very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just put it down to he was angry with me and um, stuff that was going on with him. But it was at my brother's wedding, really, things that st- I, I, I started to think, oh, no. <laughs> so oh, we tried okay. to, but we tried to put stuff in place to help him, but he just yeah. he didn't want it.
0: I guess you were looking at it from a sort of loving side as well, like a mother's perspective. Yeah, yeah. To kind of be tough on your child in that respect as well, isn't it?
2: Yeah, well no, I didn't feel like I wanted to be tough with him. I was worried sick about him, to be honest. But he lived he lived a long way from me and it was and then when I tried I was the last person he'd want to talk to about anything, he'd get quite angry with me.
0: So Mm, that's kind of a mother. Oh, it was so hard to know. It was so hard
2: to know what to do. Um, yeah. Fortunately, I mean, he, he, he's got a really good friend that he lived with at the time um, I who I think was Dan's saving grace to be honest. I think yeah. if it hadn't been for him yeah. things could have been a lot worse.
0: No, <laughs> it's amazing that, it's he's, like that. Got, he's got someone or had someone there that can... Yeah. Like, like how yeah. you know, he like did, which is
2: really
0: yeah. good. Um, and, you know, leading up to October sort of, you know, up to December time, how, what, kind of happened during that period of time how did things change and you know walk us through what happened in December and and how you sort of felt and dealt with that.
2: Okay so the December thing was horrendous yeah but it started so after the October so my brother's wedding he'd he'd said about he wanted to end his life and stuff he hadn't said it to me but he'd said it to my partner at the time. and obviously I was quite concerned and the family mm. were concerned, we we're trying to get alongside him, but didn't really know how to. Yeah. Um, but kind of kept a closer. eye. He was seeing the GP as well. I think at that point, I should kind of try to keep, keep a close eye on him, but it was difficult because he was like, stop checking up on me. All the time, stop checking up mm. on me, mm. mom. So you can
0: see, you can see that you guys are checking up.
2: Yeah. And then he started to come home a little bit. Um, and, would fly off the handle really, really easily, like get really angry. And it was hard because I wanted to try and understand, but still make him I wanted to I wanted to try and understand him and be there for him, but I also needed him to understand that there were boundaries that he just couldn't cross, which he was he did at times. Yeah. Um, and then there was there was two points and I think they were both in December. Dan um Ali was away. Dan got injured and couldn't go to the gym, and he couldn't work. And I knew that that would be a danger point for him. Yeah. Um, so I kept in touch with him a lot. And then at the one time, uh, rang him, this particular e- evening, I rang him and he was fine. We went to the theater with my mum, came back, and then Lucy had got a message from one of Dan's friends saying, really worried about Dan, he's talking about ending his life. Yeah. Um, you need to get hold of him. So. Obviously, I was worried because this wasn't the first time. Yeah, I tried to ring him, no answer. And at this point, I was in rugby; he was in Surrey. I didn't know if he'd done anything, so I called the police. Yeah, um, uh, and the police actually went round. Uh, Dan was very angry with me, mm. but I had to do that. And then to the do that. thats ha- the right thing to do, yeah. Yeah, the police actually um, went back. They—they they went to see him. They called me, told them. Told me that they'd found a washing line that he'd bought, um, and they took that off him. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: and then they said they 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 didn't actually tell me they were going back in, but they went back in, and it was Ali who called me and said, "Look, the police have gone back in and given Dan two options: either let him take him to, for psychiatric assessment, or they'll get a crisis team in."
0: Yeah. So. Wow. So they, um, they gave him kind of an ultimatum then.
1: They basically yes. they were going to detain me for. 10 hours where I was yeah. at supervising the toilet and stuff or I went with them immediately. So it wasn't really much fun.
2: Yeah. So, um, as soon as I found that out, I was at work at times, and said, right, I've, I've got to go. Yeah. Dan, however, <laughs> wasn't very up for me being there no. and sent some um, quite horrible messages. That's sorry, Dan, think. saying, yeah. do not come here, don't you. But, you know, he's my son and I was in rugby, so he had to go. Yeah. Um, I went, so he's actually fine, not fine, but he was fine with me when I got there, he wasn't. I yeah. spoke to the the guy then, and that's when it became apparent that there was something um, more to just needing counselling, you know, was, yeah. he, he needed some help, he wasn't in a good way, mm-hmm. um, and all the things that I'd seen with him growing up being, um, when I just thought he was being super sensitive, they, they told me it was part or part of it, wow. and he really. <laughs> And and they really needed to help him and he would be on the urgent list. Yes. Um, so they let him out of hospital, but only because he wasn't on his own. So yeah. I stayed until his friend got back and then came home, obviously very worried. Yeah. Um, uh, and we arranged that he was coming home for Christmas. There was like various little things that happened in between. But then he came back for Christmas. All seemed fine-ish. Um, uh, and he went out on Christmas Eve, and that was the worst, probably the worst time. So he came back uh, in the early hours of the morning, it was Christmas yeah. Day, in a bad way.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, and do you want details? Do so I give details or not? Dan, <laughs> how
1: about you. Uh, I mean, brief. I guess brief. Not. Yeah, I not don't no, go no, no. and go. Yeah, but you can do if you want. Yeah.
2: Okay, so there's various things that happened, um, which led to uh Dan trying to take his own life. Yeah. Um and I the the, the thing that'll always stick in my mind yeah. is I had to physically cut him down. Yeah. Um, which to do that with your own son is pretty horrendous. That's
0: pretty hard, yeah.
2: <clears throat> yeah. So um, he then, the police, there was a lot of police here and uh, ambulance crews and stuff. They then took him into hospital and told me not to go. Mm. Uh, that, that they'd be in touch in the morning. And basically, so that was Christmas Eve. Yeah, uh,
1: wow. Christmas,
2: yeah Christmas day. Obviously you got the effects of his, on his sister as well. She was absolutely devastated. Mm. Um, Christmas day I went, the psychiatrist rang me, I went in and they basically told me the same, as before, but they were going to send him out. And at which point I was like, I wanted him to come home, obviously, but I was like, well, what what do I do? I'm not, I'm not medically trained. I I don't have a clue. What do I do? Do I stop him from doing anything? Do I have to watch him every five seconds? Um, and they basically said they would get somebody, um, they'd been in touch with the mental health team in Surrey that day, and they would make sure that he got, um, help straight away. Um, But I still had to hold him accountable for his actions. I said, it's important. He is sick. He's not well, but he has to understand what's right and wrong, which was hard. Um, At this point, I can't even, I was feeling everything you could possibly feel. I was, I was really worried. I was angry. I was upset. I was frustrated. I just, I didn't know. I was just, I was angry. I think a lot of it, especially when I went in to see him and he said, um, can't remember what happened and I was like
0: Ugh. oh really <laughs> and yeah like, I know I can imagine so I can imagine your so feeling, hard. Yeah.
2: And he, he said to me what happened I said do you want to know what happened I said I know I was quite blunt about it So I, I had to put you down last like, night done that's what happened mm. um and then he was going so you're angry aren't you and I was well I'm feeling everything I said I feel angry frustrated upset worried everything emotion mm. and he was quite aggressive still at this point um with how he was how it was Kind of blamed me a lot for it, I think. Then mm-hmm. um, of course we were to my dad's, which Dan um, always really loved my dad, we looked yeah. up to him, yeah. um, and so he didn't want to go, but I, I, you know he was gonna he was gonna go. That that was mm-hmm. it. So everybody else mm-hmm. think about as well. And actually, we got there and he hid, and um, but I think the breaking point really was I couldn't find him, and yeah. then I went and he he, he literally broke down. Yeah, um, and was, it was just saying I don't know what's happening to me I don't understand I don't want to be like this and yeah, so which was a good thing because he, he literally made himself a little bit vulnerable to me I think so it allowed yeah. me to sort of step in um, he kind of made himself
0: self aware of what was wrong and what was happening and kind of yeah. stepped into a position where he realised that's not where he wants to be rather than I can't do anything about it it's now a I don't want to be here in this position. Yeah,
2: but it was still very much, it was still very much, I don't understand why am I like this. Yeah. He still was. I don't know why I'm like this, what's going on? I don't know what to do. I don't know
1: mm. what's
2: going on. Um, but, you know, it was a, a step forward. I mean, I worried every time he wasn't around and what he was yeah, doing. I know, I
0: can imagine it's pretty tough on you to, you know, be scared about what he's doing next and if he's on his own or doesn't reply and things like that. I can't imagine how it feels. You know? Yeah. And the but,
2: biggest thing, so the psychiatrist said to me, and it was the thing that really stuck with me, he said, Dan is in a situation now where he's on the edge. Um, and he, while he's, even though he wants to take his own life, which you'll think about a lot, while he's quite a sensible guy. And when he's not drinking, he can actually go through it and think about it and and, and not do it. Mm. He said, however, he cannot have any alcohol because as soon as he drinks, he will do it. And and the psychiatrist literally said that to me. He Says if he drinks, he will do it again. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, but he said, but he's a grown man and you can't stop him drinking. So, yeah. <laughs> for uh, oh. <laughs> to tell you, I was you, a punch in you, the gut. I that yeah. was hideous because yeah. he was going. And he stayed with me at Christmas, and then went to his friends at New Year. And I was thinking, "Oh my word, what's mm-hmm. going to do? It's New Year's Eve." But in fairness to him, he didn't drink. No, that's good. But he found it tricky, I think, but um, he didn't drink.
0: Yeah, that was that was our New
1: Year's uh, Eve, wasn't it, Dan? And then we yeah, yeah. yeah. It. No, I remember that. That was good fun. Enjoyed that. I, I didn't touch alcohol for. I, didn't right. I think I first had a drink in February. I think it was February the sixth. Yeah. Oh. I've yeah. a Christmas move, so, so yeah. um, Well, good on you for keeping that up. You know? yeah. And
0: um, yeah. how, how do you how do you feel that he he has progressed and how how is he now? Like, how has it all changed? How's his mindset changed? to How he is now?
2: Um, he's a lot different. So yeah. he's a lot more. Um, well, I don't want to say stable because that's a rubbish word. I think yeah. um, he's more level so it, yeah before he was very extreme it was one extreme literally to the next like yeah. one minute he was fine the next minute he was really not i wanted to say mental but that's the wrong word yeah. so uh, <laughs> and and now he, he he seems to be able to process things more like i lockdown, i thought oh my goodness how he's going to cope with it but he, he seems to be fine and he still he knows i think he knows that he's got issues he knows that he has to take his meds um but actually, um, I was worried when he, uh, with his work thing, because the failure thing is so massive for Dan. Yeah. It's, it's massive for everyone, but massive for Dan. He doesn't want yeah. him, when he starts applying for jobs. I was like, how is he going to deal with? Yeah. You know, if he doesn't get an interview or he doesn't get a heightened
0: get... emotion, isn't it? Yeah, okay.
2: yeah. but actually, he's been very level headed and very fine Great. about, it, you know, good about it.
0: Yeah. Mm. And, and how do you, how do you support him in that sense then? Because obviously it's difficult because you want to mother him as such but you you can't because uh, as your psychiatrist said or the psychiatrist said um he's a grown man and you kind of need to let him do his own things but i bet that's very difficult for you to not kind of want to be like is everything okay is everything okay is everything okay all the time yeah
2: well, i do that still, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I still but, say. but it yeah. is actually why I, I speak i didn't really say to anyone how you doing I say that to Daniel. Sometimes says you don't have to keep asking me how I'm doing, but I don't yeah. mean it in that way. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's fine. I, I think he talks to me, and i support him when I can, and it's just about him knowing that. And I think I think the biggest thing for him is coming home because for me, no matter what age my kids are and where I am or wherever I am, will always be their home. As far as I'm concerned, they will always be welcome to come here. Yeah. And I, I think Daniel probably a massive thing because things weren't going well where he was and he's come home and I've just said to him like this is a chance for you to regroup um to get your head around things to so think about what you want to do you don't have to know what you're doing for the rest of your life you can try different things you're only 22 yeah you know I'm 50 yeah. this year and I still don't know what I want to do <laughs> you know, yeah well there
0: you go Dan that gives you some hope yeah <laughs> <It gives us laughs> <whole time. laughs> so yeah.
2: yeah so yeah
0: and um you know I think the last thing that we've um we've all asked everyone is you know what are your thoughts on him speaking out how he has uh, and the way he has
2: I'm really proud of him I'm I'm so proud of him that he actually can turn a a negative into a positive and I think that's important I think uh, life is generally quite shit a lot of the time and but I think through every negative experience there is a positive outcome if you choose to take it and, and there is something positive out of everything and I'm, I'm glad that he's actually seen that and, and that he can hopefully I think it's a massive issue with men in particular because they don't mm-hmm. tend to talk about how they think and there is this massive they've got to achieve this and do this and provide this I think um, by Dan speaking out hopefully that will um, encourage other people and make other people, and yeah, make people think do you know what this isn't just me I'm not the only one going through yeah. this it's it's okay for me to feel like this and it's okay for me to to get some Find help I think that's the thing i think people don't get the help they need and hopefully by dan saying what he said it will inspire people to do that so yeah i'm yeah. very very proud of him very proud of you dan um <laughs> and i will you know just support him the best way i can get it wrong Brilliant. probably but <laughs> yeah.
0: well it's uh yeah no i i thank you very much for coming on and i i think that was uh that was amazing and some of the words that you shared with us was really touching and I think our listeners will uh, will be able to connect with that a lot I think so thank you very much for your time and I think Dan when we finish here he's going to give your mum a big old hug I think. <laughs> <laughs> if you want. all right well it's,
2: it's lovely to talk to you and yeah. sort of meet you in a kind of virtual way
0: virtual space yeah. yeah of course yeah best we can do at the moment I guess yeah yeah cool. all right lovely to speak to you um yeah and, and you See you later. Yeah. Okay, take care. Bye. 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 What do you reckon, Dan? Tough, tough to listen to.
1: Yeah, I mean there were times there where I was sort of looking elsewhere. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it, it it's sort of hard to hear really, again. So yeah, it's you know it, it it's been it's been a a. Uh, long long journey to be fair so yeah you know just just little yeah. it's right mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah. take enough. a minute mate. yeah but you know the whole point of this is to to be to be raw and to tell people so yeah yeah
0: i think uh, the the key thing at the end of it for you to kind of take from is look how your closest family are supporting you. Look how your friends are supporting you. Yeah. There's not a single person that's come on here who has been like, he's wrong or, you know, I don't want to help him or any of that stuff. All these people wouldn't have been here if they weren't by your side. Yeah. let alone, you know, what the, 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 words that your brother said, the words that your mother said, you know, people who are family blood related, that will always be there, whether you want them to be there or not. They're the ones that are always there. And I think that's something that your mum said to you that you can take is that you'll always be welcome at home no matter how old you are when you are you'll always have a home yeah. and I think that's really important because you know the the thing one of the big stigmas that you know you go through or people go through when you know someone takes their own life is they were so selfish or uh, you know they didn't think about everybody else who's here or they only think about themselves and I think you know for your mum to go through what she went through and then love you the same, and if not more, I think that's pretty key and quite important. And a very important take for anybody listening is that, you know, although you might be feeling down and you might be feeling the whole world is against you, actually everybody still does love you and your family will always be there for you, no matter, you know, what you need.
1: The weird the weird thing is with it, the whole selfish thing, is that I, what's so hard to hear is because I, I did that and I put them through, yeah. them through that and that's... Cause I, I, cause I still don't understand, kind of why, like, yeah, you know, I don't really understand what was going on. But <laughs> it's, it's particularly hard to, to hear and see when you're going through it. So being in a better place now and not feeling like that anymore, it's, it's even harder to, to hear and see that you've had that impact on people you care about. So. Yeah, despite it being me not being in a place where I wanted to be here, it's not like I was completely selfish because it's you still see what you're doing to people, and that's that's fucking hard. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's you know, is it the whole situation was shit. The whole reason we're doing this is to try and to try and yeah. prevent things like this ever happening so yeah.
0: do you think from a summary point of view how do you think it's gone how do you think everybody has reacted to it and what would you like to kind of wrap this uh,
1: particular episode up with um i think the biggest thing is is this sort of look after yourself really so be willing to to help yourself i mean i've i found a way out in in terms of exercising and being active i'm generally quite sporty um and just even going for a like i'm doing five mile walks a day at the minute just to try and keep active and stuff and just being active clearing your head yeah accepting help not being scared of medication if that's the path that you need to go down not being scared to talk about it not being scared to to open yourself up because I think one of the big things when we did this the first time was I was petrified about how it was going to be received. So it's mm-hmm. people react in a way that you, in a positive way that you don't expect. Yeah. Um, and it's, it is challenging. It is hard. It's It's not meant to be easy. It's not simple to get out of that hole, but it is doable and it's, mm-hmm. You know everything that we that people have said um, today. There are well in this episode that there were triggers that that triggered me. I was always a very anxious kid. I was always a very caring. I cared too much about certain things, and that that eventually ended up being a, a big negative. Um, the downfall. There were little things not being active that triggered it. Breakups that triggered it. You know there were there were various things that went there was no one set factor. People try and look at suicide and depression and stuff, and they want to attribute it to one thing, but it's not. And it's, it's, it's so many different things that feel out of your control or, you know, chemically, a chemical imbalance in your brain like it was with me. And, you know, the the negative effects that come with feeling like that, like not sleeping and Mm -hmm. not to, to interact with people. And yeah, it's just, are you I,
0: okay? Is everything okay? How do you, you know, you're feeling all right?
1: Feel upset? I th- yeah, I think the major emotion as I'm sat here right now is, is not anger particularly, but generally just annoyed with myself. I, I, I Disappointment did. maybe? Yeah, because yeah. like mum said, I'm always uh, scared of failure, but that was the biggest fail of the lot. Like, it was... Well, it's just, just remember,
0: mate, that we, you know, there's lots of people here for you. You don't need to be disappointed about what's happened. It's in the past, and yeah. look to the future about bettering, bettering yourself. And you know, we're all here for you, um for you know, to support you in anything you need.
1: Um, I mean, the good, think the,
0: that's important thing.
1: The if you're willing, if you're willing to to help yourself and work on yourself and take advice and take medical advice, there, there is a, a way back, like if I'm sat here now upset because of what happened. I'm not upset because I'm feeling like that anymore because I, I haven't felt like that since Christmas Eve. I haven't, yeah, no. that's good. I yeah, haven't, yeah, that's good. Know that I've, I've taken proactive steps to, to make things better, and I'm sitting here opening up about it because I don't want people to have to be in this position. I don't mm-hmm. want people to have to, to put themselves in a position where they have to look back either. Six months on having having put family and friends through that, or even worse, you know eventually go through with that sort of thing it's no it's, yeah. it's not a it's not the right thing to do it's never the right thing to do and it's not' it, yeah. it's not well i
0: think from from all of us mate you know thank you for opening up on this thank you for yeah. telling us all about this stuff and you know it's been a big set of episodes, and I think um I hope our listeners you know listen to them in detail and pick up on all the different um different little cues and aspects and things that we've touched upon and, and take it all so thank you for opening up with us and thank you. um yeah that was a pretty pretty informative um podcast so thank you very much guys for listening and we will
1: catch you guys on the next one peace